Nieves. Welcome to the Have You Seen This podcast. I am your host, Ethan Wilson, here with my good friend and co-host, Jake Spencer. What up? And this week we have a special guest, uh, the host of the Happy Horror Coffee Break Old Time Horror Radio Show. I'm pretty sure I got that right. Uh, Brandon McFadden, a.k.a. Boris, a.k.a. Iris, a.k.a. Another character that I don't remember his name. This is a show where we alternate weeks suggesting a movie the other hasn't seen, watching it, and then discussing it. The movie we are discussing this week is The Shining from 1980, starring Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, and Scatman Carruthers. Uh, So we're going to do a little little tidbit about what the movie is and then we'll get into this uh so brandon if you want to give us a little rundown of your show and what the like what the deal is what your characters are just real quick uh what would you how would you describe your show sure i started the show like i don't know four years ago something like that i have no idea i've totally lost track of time nice but the, it's hosted by a guy named Boris Orlock. He's some kind of weird mad scientist, uh, wannabe comedian that has lost his way. Interesting. <laughs> we have guests on. Uh, it's it's a like a two. It's like a variety show where we have guests come on and help us read scary stories and turn it into old timey radio dramas. And then I have a we do some kind of like fake interviews. Like, Space Ghost Coast to Coast is the best way to explain that. If you've ever watched that... You might like that. That style of interview is what it is. Okay, and, uh... And then some kind of musical act come on every every episode, too. That sounds nice. Sweet. You want to tell people where they can find that before we get going? Everywhere podcasts are sold. Good enough for me. Sweet. All right. So, like I said, we're doing The Shining, a delightful family drama um, about a family that heads to an isolated hotel for the winter, where a sinister presence influences the father into violence, while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. So... Kind of what we do here, Brandon, just to give you a little heads up, is uh, we'll just take turns talking about different categories. Um, the first one being, what is your story with the movie? So since you're the guest here, and we're going to be courteous to the guests, we'll let you um, kind of go first with what your story with is with this movie. So, I mean, I didn't really have a story with it. I saw it a long time ago, I remember 
but I don't think I saw it all the way through. Like, I've seen bits and pieces at different times. Is this the first time I've actually sat down and watched it all the way through? Hmm. Cool. Um, Same here. Yeah, this is... This is Jake. Like, Jake, uh, Jake's not a big horror movie guy, so um, he. this is the first time he's ever watched it. Yep, uh, first time, Shining. So, leading that, uh, go ahead, Jake, tell us what uh, what your kind of thing is with the movie. I have, obviously I've seen the, the classic Here's Johnny scene, because you just see it everywhere. Now it's in memes and whatnot, and then... I think I saw on YouTube the, the, the ending, but other than that, I had no idea what to expect. I just assumed it was a scary murder horror movie, and I was pleasantly proven wrong. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad it was pleasantly and not a horrific um, experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not so like for... a slasher or anything. It's more of a mess with your family yeah. type movie. Yeah. So for me... Um... I didn't watch it until I was at college at Barclay. Um, mm. Me and uh, our good friend Jeff, Jeffrey Willems, uh, we watched it while we were trying to write a paper for some class. It was just on Netflix. Um, we threw it on a movie in the background trying to write this paper for a class. Um, I don't know how much of that paper got written because I really loved the movie when I watched it. I was just kind of sucked into it. Like, I couldn't stop watching it. Um, and and after that, I mean, I've seen this movie a lot. Um, hmm. It's one of my favorites. I would say it's probably 1A, 1B with, like, John Carpenter's Halloween from, like, 1979. Um, okay. <clears throat> but, yeah, I just... I really like it. I like Jack Nicholson. I was, uh... I really liked, uh like Batman 89 and stuff. So um, him being a like kind of the big bad in the movie is cool. Uh, I really like his acting style. But um, yeah, so uh, we're going to move on to like fun facts about the movie. Um, do you guys have any fun facts that you want to talk about? For me, I don't know if it's fun, but I read somewhere that Shelley Duvall got a Razzie nomination for her role. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, she, she, was uh, that like she, just a joke? I don't know. Or she got, she or? got a Razzie, and 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 uh, Cooper got a, a Razzie nomination too. They both lost or won, depending on how you <laughs> look at that Razzies. Um, I don't see why he would get the she Razzie. She did such a good she, job. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about I don't, that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I I saw that too. I don't remember what the why they what they were nominated for. Uh, but yeah, that is true. <clears throat> I mean, because I thought she did a pretty good job considering the filming circumstances that Kubrick put her through. Because I read a little bit about her circumstances with the film. Yeah, this is the th- yeah. this is the film that ended up driving her nuts for the rest of her life. Yeah. Well, I mean, she starred in uh, Popeye the same year, dude. Robin Williams could have yeah, been. You think been it was Robin, Robin Williams. Williams that did it? Yeah, I think I think it was Robin Williams, dude. <laughs> well, but she also filmed like the stair scene like 127 times. Yeah. And I don't know if I could, I mean, generally my experiences on set have been really pleasant, even having to do a a thing like 10, 15 times. Like, I feel like that can be normal if you break a lot, but 127 times is excessive. Yeah, and I also read that uh, Kubrick, like, told her, like, when she was, like, exasperated, like, Kubrick told her, like, to not look to her cast 
for like con- condolence or to console her because That's uh, so weird. it wouldn't help her. That's what he said. Uh, he's famously kind of a butt. So yeah, because didn't he also have the yeah. um? <laughs> uh, I can't. We'll get... What's the apocalypse now? No, that's a that's Was... a Coppa. Ho- oh, Coppola. Yeah, Coppola. Okay, that whole that whole era of filmmakers, they all just did weird, crazy stuff with their their cast. Yeah. Um. Do you have any more Jake, or is that or is that one? Uh, that was the only. Okay, one. what about you, Brandon? My fun fact was that it was going to be the. That's the only thing that I know behind the scenes is they're just getting driven insane by Kubrick and uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson, not really giving a damn about it. Yeah. I don't know what I could say. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. okay. No, it's all good. That I mean that. That was my point. I was just like, I I don't know if I could deal with that either. Okay. Well, I got. Uh, I think I wrote down five. A little facts. One of them was a little bit about Shelley Duvall, so I'll say that one first. That she suffered from nervous exhaustion throughout the film, including physical illness and hair loss. So, like, it the effects on her weren't just mentally. It was, like, stressing her out so bad it was causing physical illnesses. Danny Lloyd, the little kid, you know, he's a, he's a young child in the movie, and it was his first acting job. So, unlike what Kubrick did with Shelley Duvall, Kubrick was actually very protective of Danny, kept him from seeing certain things. Um, and I also read that he was told that it was a drama, not a horror movie. And that the guy that, that played, or Danny Lloyd, I guess is his, his real name, uh, said he didn't see The Shining in full until way later in life. Like, they showed him an edited version when he was a little kid. Oh, that's <clears> interesting. Yeah, and then uh, according to Shelley Duvall, the famous Here Johnny, Here's Johnny scene took three days to film what? and the use of 60 doors. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Also, I didn't know any of that. I thought it was all like one take, and it was like, oh, crap, that was good. Let's keep also, that. Also, uh, Jack Nicholson was a former volunteer firefighter, so they couldn't use prop doors because he busted through them too easy. So those were actual real doors. Oh, my gosh. Um... That's crazy. The MPAA did not allow blood to be shown in any trailers at all to get to get her green band mm. and showed at regular movies. So Kubrick persuaded them that the blood coming out of the the elevator was rusty water and it got passed <laughs> it got passed as a for the trailer and then also uh, the little bath scene neither Leah Bed uh, Beldum the young woman in the bath or Billy Gibson, the old woman in the bath, appeared in any other movie before or after this one. They just they just dropped it for the camera and said, We're good with acting. That's that's the last that's all we <laughs> wanna do. They have been immortalized. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have anything else to prove. They let it all out, hang out there. I almost ended up watching a different shining. I turned it on. I was like, Oh, I found one for free. I'm gonna watch it real quick and it was like parts ones, two and three and they're all two oh, hours the apiece. I was like, Oh my mini god. Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that mini series is I watched a little bit of that doing just some research for the the show. It's more true to the book, but like the stuff that Kubrick cut out, like in the book there's this <clears throat> like snake fire hose that attacks Danny uh, and it's in the miniseries and it looks really bad 
um, there's the hedge animals outside. There's not a hedge maze in the book. It's hedge animals in a playground area that come to life. It looks really bad in that TV show miniseries. So I see why Kubrick cut some of that out. There's a there's a uh, part in the book where Danny goes down into like like a child's crawling like tunnel play thing that you see at you know playgrounds that had been buried by snow and he went in he dug a entryway into it and went in there and then it collapses a little bit on the the entryway where he went in and something's grabbing at his feet and he's trying to get out it's really stressful part of the book and that's not in the movie jeez that would be that would be crazy i think i think nowadays if that movie gets made a lot of that stuff gets put in because they have more accessibility with cg animation and things they're probably gonna pull everything like they did with it and just just start from scratch and try to make it as close to the book as they can yeah and they also i mean with like marvel and stuff people have no qualms of sitting through like a three and a half hour movie in a setting so i think they could make it probably longer and people would go watch it and not have a problem with it Oh, definitely. So that's the end of my fun facts. I just, you know, there was a ton of stuff that I saw, but I didn't want to do go forever on them. But that was all that I had. Were you aware of this movie? I know, Brandon, I think, I, I mean, I obviously kind of know your answer. Were you aware of this movie before you watched it? I was aware of its existence. Chose not to acknowledge it. It's uh, pretty much the same for me, actually. It was just, it was in that category of scary thriller movies, and I'm just like, ah. Eh, I could, I'll be fine with if I don't see it, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. That's just how I treated most movies in that genre, not most, all. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, both of my parents had seen the movie. My mom had actually had read the book before and mentioned that it was a lot scarier than the movie. I think she did that with Carrie as well. She had read the book. She used to be a real big Stephen King fan when she was high school and early adulthood. So... Yeah, I've I knew seen that every the, single one of the Carrie versions of the movies, and I just didn't like any of them. <laughs> yeah, I know that my mom, a friend of my mom and my dad, and my dad went to Admiral Twin in Tulsa or a drive-in movie theater somewhere and saw Carrie, and the part where the hand comes out the grave at the end uh, scared my dad and his buddy pretty bad. Hmm, that's interesting. Information on air that my dad would get mad at me sharing. <laughs> but yeah other than that i didn't know too much about the movie like i knew jack nicholson was in it i knew it was a ghost movie about a hotel but and that it was based off a stephen king book but i didn't really know the in and outs of it was it what you were expecting when you watched it me either um, one either oh. one of you can go yeah i go think so i think but uh I think Jack went crazier faster than I expected him to instead of just kind of expected like a gradual transition into to craziness. He started out as kind of a jerk to begin with. So <laughs> it was just like an immediate snap. As soon as he uh, got to the hotel, he's like, all right, I'm nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as I was expecting, as I said, I'm not used to these things. I was expecting tons of killing, tons of gore, but it was only the one and just a lot of uh intense moments yeah. which is a little it's a lot easier for me to handle I it mean, jake i've told you a hundred times i do not like super gore movies i don't like them okay that's good. i do 
I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. Brandon's a gore guy. For me, it was uh, yes and no when I first watched it. I went into it expecting a haunted house horror movie, just like anything else I'd seen up to that point. I think, like, I had seen the others with, I think, Nicole Kidman and, like, the house on Haunted Hill with, Les, like, uh, not Leslie Nielsen, Liam Nielsen, Liam Nielsen from, like, the, I mean, it's, like, the early 2000s, late 90s, those movies. So I was expecting mm-hmm. that, but it's, like, what I was not expecting was it not being, really being a horror movie until, like, the last 20 minutes. It's not really, I mean, there's, like, ghosts and stuff in it, but there's not, like, horror in it until the, the scare yeah. scene, essentially. So for me, that's a yes and a no. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you like it? I did, actually. I just, I generally don't like super intense stuff or, you know, scary stuff. But it, I was able to, to push through the really intense stuff and kind of see it for what it was, and I liked it. I mean, it's... Okay. It was kind of yes and no. The first half of it is, like, it just drags on way too much to get to the interesting parts. But then you just watching Jack Nicholson freak out in any movie is always a bonus. Yeah, I mean, I kind of said earlier, but it's like a resounding yes to me. I really like it. I've I read the, I mean, I didn't read the book. I, I was traveling a lot for work a couple summers ago, and I bought it on audio, on Audible, and uh, listened to it. Um, just to kind of see what the differences were, and it's a movie that I like. I like to read stuff about. Plus, I like, I mean, like any Kubrick thing. Like I've seen, you know, Clockwork Orange and Full Metal Jacket and stuff like that. He's just got an interesting way of telling a story. I know a lot of a lot of critics didn't think that he was good at horror after this movie. I know that there's people that said that there's no way for him to convey human reaction in a horror movie because. He doesn't know how to convey human emotions. He can't cry. Yeah, what is that character in Tropic Thunder? Ben Stiller can't cry. <laughs> Simple Jack. <laughs> he got, uh, Simple what is Jack. it? Uh, does he call him that? Robert Downey Jr. says, Simple Jack over here can't cry. <laughs> He's walking away. <laughs> so, like, so what are your fa- what were your some favorite parts? You can start with parts, favorite parts of the movie. What parts did you really, really stuck with you or you liked when you saw them? Not really a part of like the story, but I liked how they had the really long shots throughout the the movie about like where the camera just follows or leads, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just long drawn out walking shots or something like that. I don't know. I really like that. And, yeah, um, and they or, like they, the he, the big uh, wheel scenes. Dissolve, I like how yeah he dissolves one shot into another too, so it's kind of like it's all a yeah. continuous shot. Yeah. I really liked all that. And then um, another part, uh, I mean, I had, had no idea what The Shining actually meant, but it was just like, oh, it is their ESP or telepathy type thing. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Grandma's made Another one is, I thought the, <laughs> yeah. I thought the kid was a really good actor for a kid actor. You know, you can kind of see some other kid actors and it's a little cheesy or overdone, but I felt he did a pretty good job. And uh, I don't know. For a kid actor and uh there's a few good lines that i had okay. uh, the, with the scene with the the butler guy grady in the bathroom yeah. like that you have always been the caretaker and all that yeah but you had me worried you had me that, worried there for a second i have a i have a question about that <laughs> His favorite line Wait, what do you mean what <laughs> go ahead jake but that that for me that just raised questions <laughs> but 
Um, I can ask that later if you want. Yeah, we. I got your. I got the questions that you had for me uh, at the end, so we can kind of do that at the end. Yeah, and then I liked the the kids thinking in the maze. Yeah, that's a. That was that was always fun. Some, I didn't write down a ton of other 4D, stuff. That's a forty chest right there. High IQ play. So okay. the scene where Wendy questions Scatman Crothers about knowing Danny's nickname, like right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. She's like, how did you know his nickname? We've never called him that in front of you and all that. And just like immediately after, okay, we're going to leave you alone with this man that we just have some worries about. Go get some ice cream alone in this big house. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. And then the, I love the scene where he's on the phone with his friend. And he's, they turned out to be complete, unre- unreliable assholes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that cracked me up. I had to watch that twice. But yeah, what, where he's uh the scene where Jack's chasing Danny down and he gets inside the uh, the cart in the kitchen, I'm just sitting there waiting. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I've seen this scene before, and I'm waiting on the Velociraptor sounds from Jack. Yeah. Oh I my gosh! That, yeah. Uh, we went. And, I went and watched it with JC, my sister JC, and her boyfriend at the the drive-in in Tulsa. And I said the exact same thing. I said, uh, it'd be funny if Jack Nicholson just busted in the room, started making Velociraptor noises. <laughs> You have any other ones, Brandon? No, that had to have been an idea when they were shooting Jurassic Park, though. I didn't ever think of that. So, I, I, what I had wrote down here, I said the the scene where Jack is looking down at the maze and then it pans straight down and it's like he's looking down on Danny and Wendy from the maze inside on the table in the room where he was writing. And then when it switches to the camera that's looking down on it, you see the two people walking in the middle. So it was like Jack was watching Danny and Wendy in the maze, and then it zooms down onto them, and then you're out in the maze. I really like that scene. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. And then, uh, you know, I like the all work, no play, makes Jack a dull boy scene. Uh, her, that makes sense her to finding, me now. Her finding all of the pages, and just, like, as a person, like, your significant other has been writing and you go and you stumble upon what he's been writing. It's just the same thing over and over and over. And you 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 know that this guy is nuts now. You walk in and it's just and then, nothing but drawing bad drawings and boobs all the way. <laughs> uh, and then all the stuff was in like different formats and yeah, various mean, misspellings. It's like I mean, a haiku. Yeah, it's, it's like a whatever else. It's on one side. It's upside down. Yeah, and I read that said that Kubrick typed out all those pages, but I don't. That's like it was like eight hundred pages of it. I don't know if he actually did that or not. That goes back to the other thing I was saying. Like, just he was instantly just crazy from the get go. Like, so the yeah. second he sat down, that's all he typed. And then, yeah, and in the book, he does. I mean, the book is like, it's like eight or nine hundred. The the descent into madness is a lot slower. Um, there's a part where he finds a scrapbook in the basement. There's a whole thing about a boiler in the book. That is, is not in the movie at all. It's not mentioned in the movie at all. And that Jack, you know, you're supposed to release the pressure off this boiler or it'll cause the hotel to explode. That's why they need a caretaker. It's the old boiler. It's been patched up a billion times. And the reason they need a caretaker during the winter is because of all the snow and the weight it puts on the, the hotel, but also to someone to release the pressure off the boiler or the hotel will explode. And in the basement, down in the basement, there's a whole bunch of newspaper clippings and stuff about the hotel's history he finds a scrapbook about a bunch of gangsters there's violent things that happen and all this stuff and as he's finding this the entity within the within inside the building is kind of 
picking at his brain, you know, kind of trying to get in and make him crazy. It's a lot. It's a lot longer of a process in the book because they can. Interesting. The bar scene with Lloyd, I just like that because he just and again, like it's back to Brandon's thing. Like if he wasn't just immediately insane, seeing a ghost at a bar where you look down from a empty bar and you look up and there's just a full bar and there's a ghost bartender sitting there and you're just cool with it yeah he just he just rolled with it like he knew exactly what was going on that that's what confused me so much yeah he knew his name too the thing was is that i was watching like kind of a behind not a behind the scenes but a fan theory thing about it after i watched it immediately and there's like two debates that have been going on for a long time apparently about whether or not he is he's like a reincarnation of whoever was the caretaker before or he's just been absorbed into like the spirit of the hotel so he had nothing to yeah, do with and it beforehand and now he is who that he was, was one of that was one of jake's questions that he had i have a bunch of stuff on that here in a little bit the bloody elevator scene i think that's just a really cool shot it's i mean it made it into ready player one i think they did it which is a horrible movie <laughs> and it's a really cool scene they they use it in flashes and stuff throughout the movie and then you see it at the very end where Wendy's walking through the hotel and then the uh, the classic uh, dog performing a sexual act on a male in the room and she sees him and it does that quick zoom in on him and the dude in the dog suit's just staring at her with that guy leaning in leaning over out the door and staring at her yeah that was Those, that scene's uh, that scene probably impacted me. Uh, I had seen that scene before, even like when I was a younger kid, like I had seen it. So like, I knew that part was going to happen at some point, but I know as a younger kid, like the dog man and that, the way that dude is just staring and it zooms in really fast. Uh, that spooked me as a child when I saw, it was like on like AMC or something like in a commercial <laughs> Lines, uh, anytime Danny is talking as Tony, so like the Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance, where he's using his finger. Yeah. I really like the, the Tony stuff. Um, yeah, he that was, was, good, that was, was really good cool. He was creepy with that. So. The, uh, yeah. the whole monologue that Jack Nicholson has walking from the typewriter to the staircase, up the staircase, before he gets hit in the head with the bat, where he says, Wendy, honey light of my life I'm not gonna hurt you I'm just gonna bash your brains in I really like that part yeah that was that was super creepy for sure I was just like oh my gosh yeah. uh, and then when she's running around in hysterics at the end because she's seeing all these ghosts and skeletons and she turns that corner and there's just that wonderful British man with the blood in his head and the, the, the drink and he just says lovely party isn't it <laughs> I like I like that. Yeah, that was actually a question I had written down. Laugh. Who the heck is that guy? <laughs> He's just an old patron of the hotel that died. So he was. He's just. But he had like the huge yeah, gash in his head. Was it just there was, that he was yeah, murdered there's a there lot too? Of murders that happened in that hotel. Okay, so that's okay. That, they did that was not one of my questions. In the movie is probably explained yeah. in the book is that I would assume that, and I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that in the movie the the blood coming out of the elevator is kind of more symbolic of all the death that's happened yeah okay whereas they and then, didn't really yeah good yeah and then obviously like the here's johnny part that's just the iconic 
iconic line. It's in tons of stuff. I mean, I think one of like in one of the later, more recent Mortal Kombat games, Johnny Cage splits the stomach open in his finishing move and sticks his head in the person's body and says, "Here's Johnny." Uh, just the classic yeah. Johnny Carson reference. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that Johnny Carson reference, and then when and Johnny then, Carson ripped open his guest stomach before the end of the interview. Yeah, <laughs> he, Johnny Carson psychologically tortured all of his uh, special guests on the show. <laughs> that sounds a lot like my show. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what parts did you not like? I did not like Scatman Carruthers dying. I was just like, I wanted more of his character. I just kind of wanted to see just a little bit no more. I mean, you got a lot of him, for Jake, sure. You want, me, exp- you want me to break your heart? Tell you something? Yeah. Scatman Carruthers in the book, his character lives and gets them off the uh, the mountain. What? Yeah, in the book, he lives. He doesn't get killed. I have a sneaking suspicion that they... Stanley Kubrick was a racist. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, uh, he gets tempted by the hotel at the end. He goes into a maintenance shed to get something. Um, I don't know if it's. I think it's probably. I think it's gasoline, because he has to fight uh-huh. the the hedge animals try to stop him from getting to the hotel, and he ends up pouring all this excess gas onto the head mate the head maids animals, and lighting them on fire to kill them. So he doesn't have enough gas to get off the mountain. So he goes to the maintenance shed to get gasoline, and he sees a roke mallet, which is like a croquet mallet. In the book, Jack or Jack is not attacking with an axe. It's a roke mallet. Mm. Um. And he sees the roke mallet, and the hotel starts, the spirit starts saying, you need to kill these people, you need to kill this kid and this lady, you you shouldn't take them off the mountain, they need to die, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's trying to tempt him into it. And then he, uh, he you know, ends up fending it off and taking them off the mountain. And the hotel blows up because the boiler blows up. The hotel blows up and burns down at the end of the book. It's gone. Uh, that would have been a cool scene. Jack Nicholson doesn't freeze to death at the end. He... Uh, he, uh, Danny is starting to not be scared of it's classic Stephen King because this is the same way you defeat the clown and it. He's not scared of of his dad being evil anymore because he knows it's not his dad. So then the spirit mm-hmm. makes Jack bash his face in with the roke mallet, so he's not his dad anymore, and it's just this bloody broken mess. Okay, um, and he's saying. Like, see, I'm not your dad, or I'm not. And then Danny ends up escaping, and then the hotel blows up, and Jack is in the hotel when it explodes because he's trying to let hmm. let the pressure off. The spirit's trying to use Jack's body to let pressure off the boiler before it blows up, but it's too late and it explodes. Interesting. So yeah, yeah, that's a different ending, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I don't know why Kubrick didn't want to do that. I don't know if it was like a, it would have been too hard to do in 1980, or if he just, I know he wasn't a big fan of Stephen King personally. Like he didn't read the book writing. to the end is the problem. Yeah, he didn't enjoy, and it's a, a lot of people's complaints of Stephen King is that he doesn't know how to end a story. And then so everything explodes. No, no, so did you have anything else you didn't like, Jake? Uh, that's the only thing I have written down. Okay. How about you, Brandon? So what I did not like was... Uh, I told you about this one earlier. Grady, the British butler guy, whatever he was. Old uh-huh. caretaker, probably. Uh-huh. I don't know about in the book. I didn't read the book. You read the book, or you listened to the book. 
but he just he's a British butler, and I'm I'm sure because I know I hear about it all the time that old white British men can be racist, but I just don't see them using the N word. I feel like that's a tr- an American tradition. Another <laughs> okay, another thing about the book is when Dick Halloran is coming back to the hotel, the hotel is saying all sorts of racist, you know, we're gonna kill you, and what you know ways that African Americans historically were killed in the United States. Um, all sorts of stuff. If you come back, they were calling them. He, I mean, they they were using you know hate slurs. The this hotel was using hate slurs, and I mean it's it's uncomfortable. Like I was super uncomfortable listening to it. It's so bad. In like historical pieces, like movies about slavery or or you know things like that, I can see like them using that as a historical reference of this is how these people were treated. And it should never have to happen. This should never happen again. But in a in a story like this, that's about a hotel in Colorado. In Colorado, no less. <laughs> yeah, you don't. I you don't. You don't really. I mean, you don't need it at all. And yeah. that's part of what I. You know what I don't think holds up in the movie is that part of the bathroom scene where he says the N word three times or however many I can times see he says it. it. Well, easily coming well, out the, of Jack Nicholson's mouth for some reason. The butler know. says it, then Jack Nicholson's character <laughs> says it, and then the butler says it again with Cook at the end. Three counts. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's not something that needs to be in the movie. Uh, they could have conveyed that in another way. Yeah, he could have just been like, because like I said, I, can, I know that there's going to be some, and there are a bunch of white racist British dudes so he could have just kind of subtly been like you know the cook I don't trust him I don't like him he's the one that he's talking to you know what I mean yeah one thing that confused me a bit where he says you know you've always been the caretaker and but he um, Jack Nicholson's character was saying that um, you're the you're the guy in 1970 that killed your family and shot yourself yeah I have that answer down here yeah, we we can I'm do that right now. That. So you know, Brandon mentioned the reincarnation thing. Uh-huh. So the yeah. thought is that the re- the reincarnated uh, that that Jack and Grady were both reincarnated spirits that are destined to come back and be the caretakers at some point. So he and wasn't reinc- saying that Jack was the caretaker. He's saying that the spirit that was. In- yeah, so so the caretaker, the caretaker okay. they talk about at the first of the movie, his name's Charles Grady, and the care, the the butler in the bathroom is, uh, was his name Delbert Grady. Oh, okay. So the thought is that Charles was a reincarnation of Delbert. Okay. And that his destiny is always was always to come. So technically, yes, he's always been there because. Delbert died in the hotel and stuck in the hotel, was reincarnated as Charles, killed his family. Interesting. Blah blah blah. And then that and then that Jack Nicholson prior, his character Jack Torrance, was not necessarily a he was a Torrance, but he wasn't a Jack or was a he was not a Torrance, uh, but he was a Jack or something like that. I mean it Jack was, O'Grady. I didn't I didn't really Interesting go real deep into it because there's just tons of videos and interpretations and all sorts of stuff. That was what I found about that. I didn't like like when uh, Shelley Duvall was like excited towards the end and was running down the hallway and stuff. Did not like the way that she was running. It was freaking me out. 
<laughs> well, Brandon, let's see you be psychologically <laughs> tortured in a movie and then run like a professional athlete. I couldn't tell if she was trying. Half the movie she had a fake southern accent and the other half she didn't. So what was she going for there? Yeah, they said that uh, her and Jack, that's why they said they were from Illinois, is because her and Jack Nicholson both had very heavy, she had a very heavy Texas accent, and Jack had a very heavy, like, northeastern New Yorker accent. So they made them live in um, Chicago. So that would explain their kind of going in and out of accents. So she, so the, so the southern accent wasn't fake. That was her accent coming no, through. No, it's yeah, that's her real. So it was sounded fake because she was trying to cover it up. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's like, like, I it honestly, like when Ger- it's like when Gerard Butler tries to talk in anything but a Scottish accent. I didn't even from really Chicago. pay attention and didn't even notice her accents. I was just, I was just zeroed in, trying to just watch and focus on like what's going on i'm just i just did not notice the accents yeah. at all that's interesting what i didn't like the 237 the room 237 scene it always has given me the heebie-jeebies yeah that's so weird it's and then weird i that think every time Jack... you stayed out of town that they put you in 237 i thought that was weird <laughs> uh, <laughs> jack jack's death at the end is a bummer he's just frozen to death yeah <laughs> i like how it was just a cut like his immediate cutscene to that. Oh yeah, it's a hard it's a hard yeah. cut to Frozen Jack Nicholson. So, would you recommend this movie to a friend? Yeah, I mean, if a friend ha- likes this genre that hasn't seen it, I mean, what's wrong with them for that matter? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'd recommend it if someone can handle intensity and stuff. Okay, what about you, Brandon? This yeah. is one of those. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend. I'd be like, you know what? It, you already know what it is. It's been around for long enough. You can just be like, ah, I'm not into it, or yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I need to get around to it. It's one of those. Yeah, uh, I would say yes. I would recommend to it. Uh, recommend people to it. Um, you know, it's a. I think it's very well shot, and even in that, even yeah. in that aspect, it. um, it's worth watching. It's a light step into a horror, the horror world. So that's a lot of ways I look at horror movies is like if someone's like, like Jake, like I'm not real into it, but I would like to, you know, dip my toes in that world. What's a movie that you would recommend? You know, so like The Shining is one. Jaws is one. Probably the first, the very first Halloween. It's not real bloody or gory. It's not really super freaky, scary, like The Conjuring or what is it? Hereditary or something. So it's pretty, you know, it's pretty mild. Uh, with the scares and violence, like I think the body cat in this is two. I think I think Scatman dies, and then Jack Nicholson, and that's it. Yeah, you yep. see the death, but you don't see like the killing. Yeah, does it hold up in twenty twenty? I say mostly. I think it can. Um, a lot of people would definitely not like half of it because it, I mean, eh, I don't know. It really depends. I think it has good storytelling. Like uh, Brandon said, it's a little slow at the start, but it just yeah. But I think I love the the filming, the the techniques he used, and just what he did with the long follows and stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. What you, Brandon? Say, uh, it holds up. I'm gonna say not at all. <laughs> not for 2020. Okay. Now this it's a great movie. I like the movie. I've always since I've seen first seen it, I thought it was pretty cool. But it's dated as as hell. It's not nothing nothing that happened in the movie really is going to happen now like people can get get up there quicker 
are you're not going to have true. the boiler that's going to explode at any given moment. Well, that's in the book. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it makes sense to have see if the, to have him over there over the winter, just in the movie, really doesn't make any sense because nobody else is coming to visit. They just need to shut it down. Yeah. So. Well, in the yeah, and that again, that's not it doesn't hold up in twenty twenty for the movie, but the book, there's a lot more work he does on the hotel. Like he like he works on the roof yeah. in the in the book. Um, he does overall maintenance in the rooms and different things. It's not just the boiler, um, and it doesn't really. I mean, he takes that caretaker job in the movie, and then Wendy Torrance is doing everything. She's His descension into madness, though, and the way that he acts, and the and the way that he chases the family down through the house, and all that stuff—that actually, I think, that would hold up if made it into a horror movie today. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what I said was um, that it, like Jake, it would mostly hold up. I I don't pay too much attention to like, oh, this is a hotel in the seventies, and the amenities are very seventies, eighties. I know people get hung up on that type of stuff. The phone line stuff going down, that's like, that's what, that's more to me what wouldn't hold up because you just use a cell yeah. phone. Right. Or you have satellite yeah. phones, things like that. I mean, most likely all of them would have had a cellular phone. Um, Definitely. Scatman. Uh, Scatman lines are down. Yeah. Scatman calls that forest department and he's like, are the phone lines down? I'm like, dude, it's 2020. What are you trying to call a landline for? We're 5G now. <laughs> I think if the movie was made today, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't well received in the time. It's it's developed its following over time. I know it didn't do real great at the box office, but I think you would have to approach it like stylistically, like her, like a hereditary or like a midsummer, or like an independent A24 movie studio. Mm-hmm. I don't think like, like, I know because it's Stephen King that some big box studio like New Line or somebody like that would probably pick it up because it's Stephen King and that's going to make you money. So it would be... Uh, and then also that Stephen King would be heavily involved in a movie made today where Stanley Kubrick, when he received Stephen King's script, threw it in the trash, didn't even read it. Yeah, what? Didn't I read think it, that threw, this could threw be a good trash. Ari Aster movie. So I think his involvement... As you can, I mean, when we get done, go look up some of the stuff from the miniseries, and you can see what Stephen King's involvement in his movies leads to. Um, he's a good storyteller. He's a horrible visionary director visually. It's all like gotcha. even the miniseries with it is like a lot of people say that's the movie that scared me with clowns for the rest of my life. That movie is awful. The kid stuff is okay. The back half of that miniseries with the adults is almost unwatchable. It's so bad. You just you just couldn't get past the mullet. It's it's very bad. Tim Curry's <laughs> awesome, uh, but the rest of the movie sucks. It's terrible. But yeah, I think if it, I mean it would be picked up by a big studio and it would be nothing but they'd be trying to jump scare you with, uh, you know, Jack or, yeah. you know, ghosts in the hotel and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there would be jump scares. All over the place if this is made this year. Yeah, and I watched The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2 recently. Like, I watched The Conjuring 2 just the other day. And the first Conjuring does what it does very well. There's a part in the movie in the first Conjuring that really shook me when I watched it. Um, And it's hard to do that with me these days. But the, The Conjuring 2 is about this poltergeist that happened in Britain. And, uh, it's like this old man, um... And stuff, but they would build up this huge tension moment 
and like I sent Brandon a, a clip of it the other day. This girl was watching TV. It's like in the the eighties, so she's watching like this old black and white TV, and it keeps changing channels and changing channels, and she's trying to turn it back, and then it goes out. So she goes up to the TV, and then she hears something behind her, and she turns around. The remote is floating in the air, and it falls down to the floor. And then when she turns back around, there's this old crotchety man's face behind the TV. He shows my house. And that's supposed to be the big scary moment. And I was like, that's, it's just oh like, gosh. okay, Grandpa, we'll watch whatever you want to watch. That's fine. That's one of those scenes in those movies that I bust out laughing and everybody's like, why are you laughing at Yeah, these people are just scared to death. And I, me and Brandon, when we go watch scary movies, are just in the back laughing like it's a comedy because it's so That scene where in, in a, it, the first, I think it was the first one because it was the, the fat kid. He got chased down the hallway. And then he gets into yeah. the uh, locker, and then they zoom Ed past Boy. him, and it's just uh, oh, Pennywise just him. That's, with his yeah, face all twisted one. up, and we're just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but yeah. So I don't think, like, I don't think it should be remade. A lot of people are like, oh, they should remake Jaws now. They just think how much they could do with the shark, and they should remake this movie. And some movies just need to stay in the time period that they were made because that's what made them so good. So I don't no, think. No, take inspiration from these things and make make something new with it. That's yeah, make new stuff. Yeah. Uh, rewatchability. What do you guys think? Well, you've seen it multiple times, so I think you know for the most part it it does have rewatchability. If you like it, probably won't, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm gonna say like the like those A24. Was it A24? I'm just getting confused. Yeah. A24. Yeah, like like all those movies, it's it's they're good movies, but they are long and they drag out. So it's not like maybe once every five years it's rewatchable for sure but i'm not gonna watch it again anytime soon just because i don't have the time yeah i don't watch it a whole lot i watched it at the drive-in this week because it was showing and i had never been to the admiral twin before um plus because of covid i haven't went to a movie for nine months so this was show able to, me you were able to you were able to sit outside and watch a movie so that was cool i mean i probably watched it at the end of last year, at some point when I was driving around at, for work, you know, staying in hotels and stuff just because I'd get bored. Probably won't watch it anytime soon because I, I've rewatched it so early. But I do love this movie and I love rewatching it. I just like all the characters and performance of the people in it. Um, we have a part where we do the if you could recast the character, which one would it be? Did you guys have anyone that you would recast as? A character? I have no idea. Yeah, I had Brandon. a few of them. Like, it had pretty great casting. I would say Shelley Vol was good for the casting role for that, but I just don't. I didn't like her in the movie. I like her normally. That's weird. But yeah, <laughs> like uh, the twins kind of you bugged me. The twins? I didn't like them. They're like little old ladies, and the way that they talked was like little. It was maybe that was part of it. It's supposed to be, I think. I did not like it. the hotel owner. I would recast him with Fred Willard. Okay, <laughs> he didn't have any personality at all, and I think that it was a it was like a throwaway yeah, role that the, could have been so much better. In the book, in the yeah. book, his relationship and interaction with with Jack is much more contentious and interesting. Interesting. Um, he doesn't think Jack should be hired to be the caretaker in the book, and <laughs> Jack Jack knows somebody that has like a owner or something, and. He said no to hiring Jack, and the owner said, "Well, you're going to hire him anyways because he's my friend." So there's yeah, no, in the movie, he just shows up. He's like, "Oh, you're uh, you're you're hired." 
Who are yeah. you? Yeah. They interviewed you in Denver, so I don't have to interview you at all. Yep. Here's how the job works. So, um, so when there's not any characters that we would recast, I always kind of do some casting what-ifs. So I found a lot for Jack Torrance. Shelley Duvall, I couldn't find anybody. So I just chalked that up to her being destined to be psychologically tortured by Stanley Kubrick. She was just, <laughs> that was what she was born uh, to. It's just a predestined thing for her life. But for Jack Torrance, uh, we had Harrison Ford, Robert De Niro, Robin Williams, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, oh, oh my gosh. Christopher Reeve, Chevy Chase, Martin Sheen, Josh Brolin were all considered, uh, along with Nicholson, although Nicholson was Kubrick's first and only choice, so the casting directors were pitched all these other guys and Kubrick said nope Jack Nicholson that's who I want can you imagine how hard it would have been to get this movie out at all if it was Chevy Chase like how hard he is to work with oh my gosh versus Stanley Kubrick can you imagine Stanley Kubrick telling Chevy Chase he needed to film a scene for the 127th time in a row yeah Chevy Chase would have walked off that set (laughs) um Danny there was this kid named Carrie Guffey that was in Close Encounters of the four, was it the fourth kind? Sixth. Uh, first kind? Seventh kind? Sixty ninth time. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sixty ninth. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. His parents said no to the con due to the content of the script. Thanks, it, Dad. Responsible parents. Responsible parents. You know, most most uh, child actor parents are like, "Oh, what? You want to kill my kid in the show? Okay." You're going to pay us a lot of money, Put right? Put him in there. You're going to pay us money? Okay. Kill my kid. Run him over with a semi-truck. Stephen King and Pet Cemetery. I don't care. Pay me money. <laughs> oh, my God. Dick Halloran, Slim Pickens. He was in Dr. Strangelove and Blazing Saddles. Um, Dr. Strangelove is also a Stanley Kubrick movie, which caused mm-hmm. Slim Pickens to say no because he didn't want to work with Kubrick again after working with him on Dr. Strangelove. He said, I never want to be in another room with that man ever again. Wow. So Jake had uh, four questions. We kind of went over the first one, so I'm going to skip that one, which is the How is Jack Immortal? But all that to say, he's in the picture because he's reincarnated, so he's always been at at the hotel. Or... In the book, it goes a lot more into he battled with alcoholism. And in the bar scene, he says, I'd sell my soul for a glass of beer. And then that's when Lloyd shows up, is right after he says that. He opens his eyes and Lloyd is there. One soul, please. And then when uh, <laughs> when he drinks the bourbon that's poured, he makes a face like something's going on in his body. So that could be the initial possession or the first part of Jack losing his morality and personality mm-hmm. so when he finally okay. does die he's no longer jack torrance his spirit is the hotel spirit so he's just absorbed into the hotel like everybody else so that's yeah. why he's okay. in the picture and scatman was able to shake it off just because he was a gym so he's like he, it's like reverse the picture in back to the future so oh okay he's he's wasn't in the picture before now he is in the picture. I think it's just easier for uh, for you to be possessed if you're already just a complete jerk. What? Well, yeah, yeah, and, that's true. And 
all of possession movies like the conjuring and things and the exorcist the the demons and stuff they really beat down the person prior to possession because it's easier to possess a mentally weak person than it is someone strong fully willed um interesting someone zestfully clean Jake asked, what the F is up with the bath scene? So, the bath scene, in the book, the character, that the old character, not the young character, the old character that you see, her name is Mrs. Massey, and she goes okay. to the hotel to have an affair with a younger man. Okay. He steals her Porsche and leaves her at the hotel. So she killed herself in the, the tub with pills and liquor. So when Danny, the Danny's part, you know, he goes into room 237, then you see him later, and he's got the bruises on his neck. And Wendy alleged, uh, accuses Jack of doing it. In the book, yeah. that part's much longer with Danny in the room. The ghost actually attacks him. You see it in, oh, okay. in the book. You read about the, the ghost attacking Danny and choking him, and he gets away. And he never sees the young woman. He only sees the old lady. Okay. Jack Nicholson goes in there. And he sees the younger woman, the younger beautiful woman, instead of the decaying woman. The theory that I saw was that the younger woman represents the overall seductive power of the evil forces in the hotel. And that, mm. kiss, at, that kissing her is submission to the evil powers at work. Once he is submitted to the hotel fully, he then sees the old woman in the mirror. Interesting. Star Wars work like that. The dark side is represented by just some hot naked woman. Uh, the the old woman uh represents the evil in the hotel interesting is there more tony more to tony in the books uh yes jake there is a lot more of tony tony is actually danny in the future trying to shine back and help himself in the past oh my gosh that's so cool he has full dialogue with Tony in the book, and he can actually see himself. So, Whoa. so Tony is Danny's middle name is Anthony, so short for Tony. Okay. Um, so he can see he can see Danny in the book, and Dan, or Tony and Tony calls him Doc and all this stuff. Uh, and there's the whole he keeps telling him the red rum stuff Tony does. And there's a bunch. I mean, there's a bunch of interaction between Danny and Tony in the book. As to where in the oh movie gosh. it's just an invisible friend. In the movie, it's just like yeah, some kind of some kind of possession happening. Yeah, it's yeah. a little man that lives inside his yeah. mouth. Uh, you can't say that in 2020. <laughs> that does not hold up in 2020. <laughs> and then uh, that's actually way cool. Yeah, though. I like that. It's like it's like two chapters and then spread out through the rest of the book. So I understand why you can't put that in a movie. And, like, the mm-hmm. boiler chapter in the... It's, like, seriously, like, 20 pages of... This is why... This is how you heat this boiler. This is how you let the steam off the boiler. This <laughs> is the importance of this happening. And it's like Ben Stein. You're trying to read Ben Stein talking. In that. That's why I tried to read that book. Like, actually read it um, a few years ago. But I got to that chapter and was like, Man, I can't get through this. It's too much. It's so boring. But listening to it wasn't as bad. And then, why does Wendy see all the ghosts? Is that a special feature with the hotel? It's a DVD extra, Jake. <laughs> it is, okay. 
does the book say anything, if anybody's seen them before. At that point, I think the hotel, uh, it, like, so she hits Jack over the head with that bat and locks him in the refrigerator, or the dry, the dry uh-huh. storage room. And the hotel is like, we don't think that you have the stomach for this, Mr. Torrance. So they're, like, doubting his ability yeah. to actually kill his family. So I think at the okay. point in time where she's seeing all the ghosts, that is the hotel trying to keep her from going into certain places because, like, she goes up the stairs and see those two guys in the room and then immediately goes back down the stairs. Or she goes just uh-huh. right around the corner. Yeah. She sees the blood coming out of the hotel and turns around and runs away. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like the maze is trying to keep her in certain places where Jack is supposed to be or it's like a high-traffic area for Jack is supposed to be. But I think it's just the hotel trying to aid in her being killed. Um, gotcha. or maybe, that maybe makes if they, if they welcome to the Jack zone. <laughs> if if she sees enough crazy stuff, it'll make her want to kill herself or let Jack capture her and kill her. I don't know. Okay. Um, the book didn't specifically. I don't remember saying anything about that. Halloran does say in the book that everyone can shine a little bit. Um, that some people can just shine more than others, like him and Danny. They can use it to talk mm-hmm. back and forth. Um, so in a heightened scenario where this, all this spirit activity is going, maybe it was she, you know, the little bit of shining that a regular person could do is enough to see it, see all the people, uh-huh. if the spirit is intending on being really malicious. So that was the answers that for those four. If you have any more questions, we can talk about those. That was it for me. Okay, cool. That that shed a lot of light on it, did actually. It, did it for sure. shine for you? It sure did. It shined on it. Shine on. Did it the shining for you? What are you yes. Tr- uh, what is that? Uh, the Simpsons episode where he's like, "Oh, the little, the British the British guy or Irish guy in the in the Simpsons is like, oh, you got to shit it, don't you?'" And then Bart's like, "You mean shining?" He's like, "What you trying to do? Getting a suit?" <laughs> the shining. Casey showed me that episode right after me and him watched The Shining at his house one time. That's hilarious. Casey is our Casey is our friend from college. Another friend that Brandon doesn't know, but Jake knows. Shout out to Casey Roberts. You need a sounder for people that I don't know. The people Brandon don't know. (laughs) Brandon doesn't know this person. (laughs) Just... (laughs) <laughs> Who does Brandon not know today? Uh, prayers out to Casey Roberts doing a production at uh, school this week. Um, a lot of stuff going on with this this virus. Going to be a lot of people there, so he's trying his best not to prayers catch up it. Up to Casey. Stay safe, boy. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Can't forget th- thoughts. Can't forget the thoughts, the thoughts are more important than the prayers. I think. I thought. <laughs> so, Brandon, do you have any uh, social media you would like to share with the podcast for people to find you at? Hey, yeah, I do. Have to... <laughs> I always got to remember this at the end of my show. I was like, what do I do? How do I end this? Facebook is Happy Horror Coffee Break. Instagram and Twitter are both at Real Happy Horror. And then Happy Horror Coffee Break at gmail.com. There's a phone number. I don't know. Listen to the show and then you'll figure it out. Listen to his show if you want to hear a lot of put-in post-production fart noises. Plenty. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. Nice. Uh, us, Sometimes right it's now, a balloon sound. Me and Jake, for our show, do not have social media. It would be important to set that up soon. 
seeing as this is our first episode, we are still getting things ready. But if you would like to follow me personally, I am at Ethan Tyler Wilson with no E in the Tyler on Twitter. I'm not going to add you on Facebook, so don't even look me up. Uh, Instagram, same thing, Ethan Tyler Wilson. I've been um, trying for years. Yeah, I me. keep denying. I keep <laughs> denying Brandon on everything. We actually worked together, so. Uh, I was next yeah. to him when I added him and watched his face as he was deleting it. <laughs> <laughs> and then my socials on Twitter and Instagram is at Jake Spencer, J A E K S P E N C. Because we can't make it easy. Jack. Yeah. Because. Has to be difficult. some other re- regular Jake Spencer has the J A K E. What can I do? Go go whoop his ass and take your name back, Jake. Yeah, I'll just buy it off him when I get hey, money. And if you're on Spotify, check out uh, the entire collection of Scatman Crothers back catalog. It's great. I'll there have to go. do that. You sent me a little clip of it uh, where he said gay over and over <laughs> like a machine fun. gun. <laughs> it was part of uh, one of the songs. It's just like, I'm very gay. Gay, 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 gay. As always, since this is a podcast, we're going to have to ask you to please uh, rate this show with five stars and you can leave us a review or whatever on uh, iTunes where I'm sure we'll be on Spotify and stuff I haven't actually done any of that yet so when you see us you know rate us good tell us that uh, we suck or you like us or this is boring Um, and we will see you next time uh, with what did we decide a movie Jake not yet Um, movie TBD TBD thank you bye 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 Brandon Hey, Jake here with a quick update. Next week we'll be watching the movie Palm Springs with Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti. It is available on Hulu. Thanks.